You are quite convinced, uh, and this is what this book is really about, and it's utterly readable, it's full of great stories, but it's full of considerable feeling that you uh, convey as well, and the feeling is that uh, things have gone terribly bad. The subtitle is How American Politics Went Bad. What really is your diagnosis? Well, the, the, this evolves in the last few campaigns. I, uh, I began to realize that there were a lot of silly things controlling the coverage in the campaigns. It wasn't much. It was a bad story for us, and the television was, uh, which had once followed the lead of the mainstream press in setting the uh, let, let the press of the print press set the agenda. Now was setting the agenda. We were following them. Um, they were often wrong, but we still they were so dominant. Electro electronic press now uh, now trumps print press. Is that uh, what you're saying? The networks, the networks still trump everything. Yeah. And they, um, and you know, so you get in these situations where there's some little stupid story, and if they say it's important, and we we may try to avoid, you know, avoid handling it in the print press, but you end up you have to, because everybody's all of the network follows, all the media follows one after the other. I mean, and a lot of those stupid stories you say are gotcha stories. Yeah, there's a, you know, they think that everybody wants to be Woodward and Bernstein, you know, they, um, it is, uh, but they're all stories about nothing. I mean, we had this. Well, the example, one example I've used lately was the one about uh, John Kerry, whether he threw away his medals or the ribbons on which the medals were uh, pinned. What difference does it make? It was 30 years ago. We all know he was an anti-war protester. He threw away one or the other or both of those things. It doesn't matter. He's been involved in public policy for almost 30 years. What does this have to do with anything? And, they, uh, and no matter what you think about Kerry, it doesn't matter. Well, we were on that story for four or five days. And you got these stories where the... But it's the back and forth. One of the things that happens in our middle that I can't stand is you have the flack for Bush attacks Kerry. The attack from Kerry, the flack for Kerry rebuts attacks by attacking the president. Why not the principles? Why do we have to have this this back and we carry these stories? Are you aware of similar things that the, quote, liberal press has used uh, searching for a gotcha against Bush recently? Oh, sure. oh, yeah. What are some examples of that? Well, they... Uh, some of the some of the stumbles in his language, for example, they aren't, they aren't big worth, deal. And they're not worth. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of complaints about George Bush, but the fact that he stumbles on language, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't hire him to teach me uh, uh, grammar. Lots of presidents have done that. Eisenhower certainly stumbled on language. Sure, it, in it his is. famous press conferences, yeah. many of which were almost indecipherable by the reporters. Yeah, no, I mean the, the really truly articulate president we've had in the few and far between. The most articulate candidate ever was probably. Samuelson, he's got elected. With regard to George Bush, there have been a number of attempted gotchas, and some of them have really persisted, and I think they're really quite uh, mean-spirited and really distort uh, facts a good deal, and even if they had the facts right, wouldn't be that important. One of them having to do, of course, with his record as a member of the Air National Guard. The, the, the problem with that one, it, it is it's a trivial thing. Uh, except that they started, they started in the White House, bad mouthing and trying to question Kerry's record through various surrogates. Kerry's record is pretty clear. The real problem with that thing is that you've got this period when he was over in Alabama, helping Red Blunt, who had been the Postmaster mm -hmm. General, Winton Red Blunt, run in the Eisenhower administration, run for the Senate, and that's what he was doing. And there was no record of him showing up at these uh, meetings. Nobody could remember him showing up. Believe me, a lot of papers try to find out. There's a lot of reporters now trying to find somebody who had seen him at a meeting. They couldn't find anybody. It, um, 
I think it's very, it was very, it's, it's hazy, a lot of hazy things about that period. It was also, he himself admitted he, he drank too much in his youth. A lot of hazy details. You, find, hazy ha you find haziness in many, uh, in histories of many important politicians. Right. And it doesn't Just matter. consider, for example, uh, William Jefferson Clinton of Arkansas. Yeah, that's right. Well, what, uh, what, what about our, his life down in Arkansas? And his, uh, not only his, um, uh, his womanizing in those days, but what about um, his possible relationships with drug dealers? What about uh, well, the uh, Whitewater operation and whether there was any serious default there? What about the $100,000 that Mrs. Clinton made in one day doing some... Uh, Trading that they had set up for. No, well, some of those things, like the White War thing, was it was an attempt to get some people to put a good thing in front of the governor, which a lot of people do all the time. And they do that with all kinds of politicians. And they did that yeah. with um, with her and not a thousand. Uh, the drug thing had no, uh, there was no foundation for that. There was a lot of foundation for the womanizing, and um, most of us thought when he came along and ran that we'd heard about the most of it. It turned out that wasn't true, and the, uh, uh, and it compromised his presence to some degree because he continued to do it. You know what they uh, what they do um, as candidates or an office below uh, tells you something. I mean, George Bush used a couple of very big lies against John McCain, and I, so he gets elected, and he thinks a big lie works. And I think he used a big lie on, on Iraq. I think the reason he did that is because he get away from it. You mean the big lie being the WMDs? Yeah, and the and the connection with um, and the connection with Al Qaeda. Well, uh, you say this in the book, and uh, that requires me to make some response. Sure. Shall I argue with you just a bit? Prison. Go right ahead. I think there are a number of real reasons for going into Iraq, and WMDs was not one of them, but it was a good um, presentational story. It was simple. It was uh, it was strong. And they really believed there were WMDs. That's quite clear. Well, probably they were far more convinced that there were weapons of mass destruction in the biological and in the chemical realm rather than in terms of nuclear weapons. Uh, I think the real reason, and uh, I know this from what you read from the so-called neocons who've argued, who argued for that war and have backed it up, uh, one real reason was uh, that such WMDs as were there, biological and chemical essentially, could be handed over by this uh, increasingly angry madman who is very angry at us, namely Saddam Hussein, could well be handed over to al-Qaeda and similar terrorist groups. Well, that's the, that's the revisionist argument the president's using now. He's saying no. He's using it now, yeah. He's, he's saying, he's now he's saying they had the capacity to get these weapons and turn them over. That was not the argument. Do you think he could have got Congress to go along if he just said they had the capacity to do this and give it to al-Qaeda? That's why the WMD argument was used, to get Congress false. to go along. There are yet other reasons. Maybe it was false. It was window dressing, perhaps. But you have to do well, that your, your window dressing is my lie. I mean, Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are other reasons. Uh, to be perfectly honest about it, as some people have been, there's a growing and unyielding anti-Israeli orientation in the Arab world, yeah. uh, and the only way that can properly be changed, if we want to change it, uh, and thus try to get some peace uh, operations going, which might have some real outcome, some real consequence, the only way to do that would be to uh, somehow get more pragmatic, less crowd-controlled 
uh, governments in operation in at least quasi-democratic form in the and Middle we're, East. And we're just doing a splendid job with that. This is a big success. When Come this on, one it's a works, disaster. No, Jack, when this one works in it's Iraq, going to work. it sets... Oh, I think it will. Oh, There's every uh, evidence that the government... Everything we're warned about is coming true. No, no, no. The, 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 we're the infidels. And the infidels on their own ground are getting killed. Their churches are getting bombed. I mean, it is it's everything that they heard about. After a year of further consolidation, when this government, when the terrorism in, internally has been put down and this government is really operating, that is a model that scares the hell out of the people in Syria, possibly even the neighbors in Jordan, but that, and certainly in Egypt, and, that well, may, and possibly even in Saudi Arabia. That's what the, the neocons were saying a year ago. The consequence of democratizing some portions of the Middle East will be good, not only for bringing peace in the Middle East, but also for calling the terrorists off our back for defanging them because they no longer have governmental support, the kind of governmental support that they've been getting, uh, though under the table, from our friends in Saudi Arabia. Well, the, this is a very nice pipe dream, and I'm glad you still believe in Santa Claus, but the, uh, I don't. And I, I just I have no reason. There was, there was no... Uh, first of all, I think Iraq was a bone in the president's throat, mm -hmm. going back to what had happened with his father. And it's clear from reading insider accounts, several of them, that he was determined to do this no matter what. And um, the only one who argued against it was Colin Powell, who's been marginalized in this government. That's what's happened to him. He didn't argue against it. He argued for deferring it until right. we made the full pitch to the United Nations. But he, argued, but he, he really was trying to stop it. He didn't take the, the step he should have taken mm -hmm. and threatened to quit. But he wouldn't do that. Nobody ever quits. You know. Well, various people voted for it, including your man. Uh, oh, I know. Kerry. I know, and I, they, I understand what happened to them, but they were wrong. You know. yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've exchanged views on this. We need to try to reconcile <laughs> it. Do you expect this will be? Um, it's bound to be a major issue. It well, is a major issue. It is a major in this election. Sure of course, it's yeah. You yeah. have to. Uh, you know, we are in a situation where we've got this huge purple yeah. elephant in the corner of the room and you can't ignore it. Yeah, but note, Kerry in his speech at the convention uh, did not say, "Let's we're going to get out of there. Oh, no. He, he wasn't doing the Howard Dean or the, uh, no, he, or he, worse, the uh, the fellow from Cleveland, no. the Phoenix routine. He was saying, we, I have a better way to uh, to sort of bring victory and bring ultimate peace. Well, he has, he, he's, he has a way he wants to approach it by trying to rebuild some alliances in Europe. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but he's not saying pull out because you can't pull out now. You know, you can't cut and run because build alliances means give it. Go back to the French and say, okay, what do you want in in Iraq? You can have it. Not necessarily. There are a lot of things the French want, and you know, it, it may be. I have a lot of people I've I talked to who are in Europe who say the French and the Germans are laughing at us. A lot of the Brits, Brits are laughing at us, and they. I don't blame my laugh at us too. I think we're ridiculous in the situation. I really do.